Hey, everybody. Welcome, Welcome to, to a Community of Principles podcast, a conversation to support leaders. I'm your host, Ben Gilpin. Now, let's get this started. Okay, good afternoon, leaders, administrators, wherever your leadership journey happens to be, teacher, leader, curriculum director, technology, wherever you happen to be, I am glad that you have uh, decided to uh, tune in and listen to the Community of Principles podcast. Uh, today, I've, I'm really excited about today because I'm actually going to be talking to a great friend of mine, uh, Michael Johnson, who we're going we're gonna to jump into that conversation in a minute. But um, I actually had a great opportunity to meet Michael a couple of years ago. And if my memory serves me correctly, I think I think I was close. To, I was doing like a professional development piece, and I believe I was in. Um, I think it was Chelsea. I could be wrong. Oh, that's correct. Uh, okay, so we'll jump into that here in a little bit. But um, that's where I really had a great opportunity to kind of have some deeper conversations with Michael Johnson. And if you're listening to the podcast and this is your first time, please check it out. It's on the MEMSPA uh, website as well as on Podbean. You can get all these episodes. It's also going to be on iTunes. So just uh, continue to spread the word and check out these episodes because these are some amazing, fantastic leaders from around the entire state of Michigan. So without any further ado, Michael, welcome to a Community of Principles podcast. How are you? I'm doing well, man. Thank you so much for having me. I am thrilled to have you on here. You are, first of all, for those of you that don't know Michael, he's a lot of fun. He's a quality. Here's the thing. This is a true person of high character, and I try to really align myself with high character people. And so the first time I met Michael, first of all, he made me laugh. But the more I talked to him, the more I got to know him, I could tell you just are a high character, faith-based fantastic human being. So I am, I'm thrilled to have you on. Michael, without any further ado, will you tell our listeners, tell us your journey. How did you get to where you are today? Uh, ben, thank you for that question. I, I got here because of a vision that my, my grandmother had for me. I can remember my grandmother helped raise me because my mother worked at uh, the Rilla Run Powertrain GM train, uh, plant in uh, Rilla Run. And um, she worked the second shift, so she wasn't around much. And I can remember my grandmother would come from Taylor, Michigan, to uh, watch my brother and I. And I can remember her, uh, it would be nice outside and all the kids would be outside. And she would tell me, no, you sit right here and you read. And she would ask me to read out loud for her. And I didn't realize until I was much older that my grandmother was illiterate. As a matter of fact, the first book that I ever read was the Bible. And I can remember her asking me to read to her and she would just nod in agreeing. And, but I didn't understand that she didn't know that if I, what I was saying was correct or not, but she remembered what she had learned in church. So I can remember her talking about a place of college and I didn't quite understand what that place was. And remember she didn't, she had never been there herself, but she had this vision of in her head that I would be the first person in her immediate family to ever attend college and to graduate. And, um, that was something that I was very happy to do. I went to Rilla Run Community Schools. I graduated valedictorian of my class in 1998, straight A's 4.0, and was offered the opportunity to go to the University of Michigan of Ann Arbor, which was uh, something that really made her very proud. And I can remember inviting her to my dorm, and she stepping on this large campus and not quite understanding her surroundings, but the smile on her face knew that I, I knew that I had pleased her. So... 
I actually lost her to cancer my junior year. And I can remember one of our last conversations uh, that we had was, whatever you do, don't ever give up. When you think you've done all that you can do, do some more. And don't ever be too humble or don't ever be afraid to ask for help. No man has ever, ever swallowed uh, or choked to death on swallowing his pride. So I have always remembered to ask for help and above everything else to serve others. I think one of my passions in, in life is to serve others. So I went to the University of Michigan. I graduated, had an opportunity to go to Eastern Michigan University, uh, University of Phoenix to get a couple of degrees and certifications from there. Uh, decided to get my master's degree in leadership, educational leadership. And I applied for uh, a position at the Ann Arbor Public Schools where I met Miss Patricia Manley, who was the principal of Thurston Elementary School. And I asked her what was she looking for in the teacher and uh, the next set of teachers that she was going to hire. And she said someone who was a go-getter. And I explained to her that I would work tirelessly, that the number one reason why I was going into education was for children to grow up knowing that someone cared about them and above everything else to inspire children. And she gave me an opportunity to teach fifth grade. And I taught that great with those kids for five years. And I learned so much about myself. As a matter of fact, Ben, I, I kind of smile about it because out of five years, there's only one of my students that I taught in fifth grade who did not graduate from high school. And I think that's one of those extraordinary things that as an educator, you don't really know the impact that you're having on your students until they grow up and they come back and they tell you, Thank you so much for investing in me. I think that's one of the goals of an educator is to, oh, to invest in kids. Isn't that the so, truth? It is. So I had, after having the opportunity to teach for five years, I went and talked to my principal, Mrs. Malin. I said, the, the input that I would like to have is that of a leader that is making change exponentially because making a difference at, at 28 kids a time was going to take me a lifetime to actually accomplish. So she said, do you happen to have a master's degree or have you thought about uh, leadership in the capacity of a principal? I said, yes, ma'am. As a matter of fact, I do have my, my degree and certification. So she and I together applied uh, for a position and it just happened to have been a position at Lakewood Elementary School that came open after the previous principal had retired. And I had a wonderful opportunity to meet him and to know what his vision was. And I actually came into to the position not from a deficit model. Uh, I did. I had never been a leader principal before, but I think having the opportunity to uh, tap into his vision for the community over the last 10 years that he had, talk with some of our teachers that had been there, and to meet the families, I was able to put myself in a position where I could learn. I learned a long time ago, Ben, that never separate yourself from the mass unless you are willing to lead them or be led to some place that's going to make everyone better. And my, my middle school principal, his name is Mr. Melberg. As a matter of fact, Mr. Member, uh, practicing principal of the year 2002, oh, which was a long time ago, out. but great guy, still around, you know, still around. Mr. Melberg changed my life, good guy. And um, he called himself the chief learner. So he was not known as principal, but chief learner. And I remember calling him when I got the position and he said, now that I'm retired, I'm going to give you that title. So chief learner. And I said, I don't think I'm worthy enough. And he said, you should always be the one leading the charge of learning. Don't ever separate yourself and think that you're better than anyone else. 
or better than your staff or better than any parent, but you humble yourself enough to become a learner. Lead the way by learning. If you don't know something, I, ask them when they teach That's a poster. You. That's so a poster if, right there. You know, if you go to my, my office, it doesn't say Michael Johnson principal. It actually says Michael Johnson chief learner because I want to be the leader of, of learning that's happening in our building. So fast forward a little bit. I spent four years at Lakewood Elementary and I uh, had an opportunity to allow that community to teach me what I wanted to do for children in education. And wouldn't you know that a position would come available in my actual neighborhood that I live in. And I couldn't believe that. This was a school in which my middle son, Kellen, had attended or was attending. And uh, a principalship came up and I said, the only way that I'm ever going to know if I can uh, have the yeah. job is by yeah, yeah. what? Applying. So I applied for it. And I applied for the position. And that was under the leadership of Ms. Dawn Linden, who was the executive director, and uh, Dr. Uh, Janice Swift is our superintendent, and I told them about a vision that I had about uh, encompassing all children, like not just some of them, not just our learners who are struggling or those who are above the bubble or achieving high, but all students should feel welcome when they walk through these doors. And uh, they gave me a chance. They gave me a chance. They saw the the vision that I was trying to portray, and they gave me a chance. And thank God, later, four, we're looking at four years later, I'm I'm still there. I'm surrounded by staff members who really do care about kids. They put kids first and we're having a heck of a time learning, Ben. A heck of a time. Okay. So, so first of all, I could listen to you all day long. There are so many parts of your journey that I can relate to. I can, you know, I just love listening to that path because as I've discovered and talking to so many different leaders, everybody's got a unique path. And, and I just love how I mean, truly you can sense, you know, really working with your grandmother and and going through that journey. Yes. I mean, that's what started it all. And then all the way to in your own backyard, basically. I mean, that's what a what a journey. What a very cool story. The other thing I want to just reiterate, I taught fifth grade as well. So, you know, there's there's a lot of things that correlate oh, wow. because, you know, I love my grandmother to death, but I will tell you that my connection was with my grandfather. And so there's a lot of connections, you know, you with your grandmother, I was more with my grandfather and, um, and, you know, fifth grade teachers, there's a lot of ways. And I, I, first of all, I knew you were a quality person. Oh my goodness. You're great. Okay. So let's jump (laughs) in. We got some questions here. Question number one, Michael, right now in education, what resonates? What is, what is something that is just coming off the page and you're excited about in education right now? Oh man, there's so many things. I'm, I'm thinking about the direction that our district is going, Ben, and I'm excited. I mean, we have quality programs that uh, are all the way from language immersion or project lead the way. We have options for students that are uh, connected to uh, STEM. We call it STEAM here because we include the arts. I'm looking at the students tapping into their creativity and not limiting themselves. So when I think about what we're doing, actually, my school is up for enhancement, meaning that our campus is going to go from a young fives through fifth grade school over the next four years to become an eight young fives through eighth grade yeah. campus. Can you believe that? So we are looking at expanding our school to make sure that all children feel comfortable and feel involved and engaged in their school. So I'm looking at different areas that give students the opportunity to have a voice because sometimes I don't think that we we take the time to include the whole student. So we may be focused on too much of academics, but there's a social emotional piece that I would really like to tap into a lot. 
because I believe that when you start to kind of unpack who the kid is, then you will have a bigger impact on helping them become who they want to become. So I'm excited about all the different types of programs, but more or less having this uh, array, I guess you would say, of opportunities for kids to say, you know what? This is the best fit for me. And I can remember when a parent asked me, is this the best school in Ann Arbor? And I said, if your child fits, it's the best school for them. And she said, well, what is that supposed to mean? And I said, I think, ma'am, you have to look at it and say there's always an academic component. There's always a component that says, uh, will they have friends? Will they play sports? But will your child have friends? Is your child going to be happy? And if the answer is yes to that, then this is the best fit for your kid. Goodness gracious. If you were sitting next to me right now, I'd be nodding my head. First of all, Michael, I knew you were in my tribe. You are in my tribe, my friend. Okay, let's go on. Question number two. Question number two, because there's a lot of things that can can hurt this. So I'm very curious. How does Michael find balance? My wife. My wife helps. Now, I'm going to say first, first and foremost, because she didn't have anything to do with this, is my okay. zodiac sign is a Libra. Okay? <laughs> so I am the <laughs> I am the scale on that on that line. So then my birthday is October 15th. I happen to be in the middle of the month, okay? So it doesn't get any more balanced than that. But my wife and I, we have three children together and uh we've been married for coming up on 16 years this year and one thing that we pledge to do cuz my wife is also an educator is we would never lose ourselves or lose our family in our job. Our careers are our careers, but it is very important for us to have that balance when it comes to family. If our kids are involved in something, that means that we are also engaged and involved with them. It means that uh, the legacy that you live will also be at your job because those people will remember you and how you help them. But your kids, your actual biological children or those that have become your children by way of relationship should also know how much you care. And that can only happen with the time that you spend. And don't have it time that you spend that you're on your computer and they're off on their tablets or playing a game or, or what have you, but have it be quality oh, time yes. that you're being actually present. learning and interacting with each other. Yes. So, yes. Being present, being present. That's a non-negotiable at our house. We uh, work very hard during the day. Uh, I wake up a little bit before they do to get it in a little bit earlier. That's my little secret. Don't tell uh, the dog. Though, she knows. She's like, Oh, someone's up to feed me. So she knows. But when we get home, we leave work in the garage. We do not. Oh, bring those are great norms. I love that, and and, and it's so powerful that uh, that your wife is the one that really helps balance you out. Um, I'm going to tell you, my wife is uh, is a Halloween baby, so I, that's. Uh, I mean, <laughs> anybody that knows my wife knows. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I'm, I'm just going to throw that one out there. So, okay, let's go. Let's keep it moving. Michael, who is a person that has helped you become the leader you are today? Ooh, Ben. Ooh. Just one. What a question. Just one person? Ooh. Uh, just one. Just one. I told you about my grandmother. I have told you about my children. I would have to say a turning point for me would have to have been ninth grade. My teacher, high school communication teacher, was and is, I should say, Miss Roseanne Hazel Swartz. I would say that. I will say because she allowed me not only to have a voice, but she did something that educators do all the time and people don't realize that is she gave me a listening ear. And she was the one who taught me that your ears should always you be are, bigger. You are than dropping your mouth. the mic with these quotes today. 
<laughs> I would say Mrs. H. I called her Miss Miss H. Okay, I would say Miss H. And I think the um, the important part, man, you, you're gonna choke me up here a little bit, is because I get an opportunity to uh, say my thank yous to Miss H all the time because um, I see her once a week every every week, and I, it's been that way for the last three years because when I became principal of Carpenter Elementary School. She retired and uh, she said, you know what? I still have a little bit left. And many of our teachers and many that are listening to this podcast now, even when you retire, you know, if you shake up the bottle just a little bit, you still got a little bit left. And what she chose to do with her little bit left is she comes in and she volunteers in a classroom a week, every single week. And she just still has they call her Miss Rose. I think it's so funny because I grew up calling her Miss H and everyone now calls her Miss Rose. And I'm like, oh, that's pretty cool. But she, when I first became principal, I called her and I said, Miss um, H, you're not going to believe this. I'm not going to be a teacher anymore. And she almost lost it. What do you mean you're not going to be a teacher anymore? I said, Miss H, I'm, I, I'm done with that life. I'm going to try something else. Michael, we need to talk about this. Come by the house. And I said, Miss H, I, I was just appointed principalship. And she was like, are you serious? And I said, yes, ma'am. And she said, uh. I'll tell you what, I'm going to buy you a tie for your very first day. And she bought me a tie for my very first day. And I have had eight first days as a principal. Uh. And every single year she has bought me a tie. So on the first day of school, I wear the tie that missing. And she even lets me go to Von Mar and shop off the clearance rack. So, you know, that's what I'm doing. The only times that I ever have are that are from Von Mar come from her from the clearance rack. So it's uh it's pretty, pretty cool. So that is her living legacy that I have. And I think the thing that makes me smile the most is that she still has it in her eye. She's still a little slower than what she once was, but she still has the passion for it. And the kids, man, the kids absolutely 100% love her. So the same ear that she gave me all those many years ago is the same ear that she's given these kids. Uh, the man, next you can generation. tell a story. So I smile I, at things like I that. I told man. you that. I told you after you shared your journey, you can keep yes, talking. Yes. I could listen to you all day long. You can tell a story, my friend. Oh, I love it. Okay, so we are, we're basically at the end here, but uh, but you know I would I, I'd be remiss without going back in time and remembering that day that I was at I believe it was in Chelsea, and and you were there, and I also know that we connect almost every single year. We what? connect up in Memspa, whether it's in Kalamazoo or Traverse City or wherever it happens to be. I know that we we cross paths frequently. I just got to tell you, I just I love interacting with you. I, you know, you are your character comes through, but you also, you just simply make me smile, my friend. And I'm just so glad that you were able to come on here and share your journey and share and share with the other leaders across the state, because we all have a story and and we need to share that story. But more importantly, not only sharing the story, we can all learn from each other and, you know, hearing your, hearing your story and hearing the things that are resonating with you and thing and things along your path, other people are going to hear and they're going to be able to connect with that. So I would just tell you, if you are looking to connect with somebody, Michael is a phenomenal leader to connect with. He's just a quality person. Michael, if somebody wants to reach out to you on Twitter, how are, how are they going to do that? Uh, please follow me at ChiefLearner06. If you follow me, I will definitely follow you. I think uh, Twitter is one of the best places to find professional development for educators. Appreciate so, it. Well, thank, uh, well, thank you again, Michael. That. I, I appreciate you, so you coming much. on. And, uh, and for all of you listening to this show, remember, 
we a rising tide lifts all ships, and um, and that's what we do. We have to continue to lift each other up and support each other. That's right, Michael. Keep leading the way. Bless you, brother. Thank okay. you, man, for the have opportunity, man. I greatly appreciate you, and you keep leading the way too. All right, you too. Well, thanks again to our guest. Let's continue to connect and reflect because that's what leaders do. Thank you to all of our listeners. Don't forget to check out hashtag MemspaChat Thursday nights, 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. And you can also find more leadership tools at memspa.org.